I am back, Warriors. This is your DJ Chanel of the Jam On It podcast. I know that it's been a while since I dropped an episode, but as someone said, you can't rush art, and I treat my interviews as art. We have a good one today, and it is with grunge pop artist Brayton Matthews, also known as 44 Phantom. He is 19 years old, and he's recently signed to Columbia Records, Big congrats to him. In my interview, we discuss about his music, how being a former athlete translates to his artistry, and how being a negative person doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad. There's actually some positive to it and lots more. So please enjoy this interview on your KCSS. Thanks for joining me on my Jam On It podcast. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. I know how weird Zoom calls can be because it feels like a blind date. So I'm going to try to make this comfortable and easy. So let's start off with some icebreaker questions. The first one I want to ask, just because of 44 Phantom, if they cast a live version of Danny Phantom, who should play Danny? Me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I would vote for that. Have you heard of Cameo? Yeah. Okay. So I follow Cameo on social media and I just got like an announcement that the voice actor who does Danny Phantom is on Cameo. Really? Yeah. I should get him to do like an intro to a song or something. But yeah, just to do like a plug in for 44 Phantom, that would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be hilarious. Should do it like Halloween or something. Yeah. Okay. And then also I noticed that you recently went to Disneyland as well. So what is your favorite yeah. Disney ride? Oh, uh, an credit coaster for sure. I'm a huge Star Wars fan and I was kind of bummed by a lot of the Star Wars rides. I take that back. The very last one we did where you get like, basically you're in like this holding cell or this like ship and then it crashes and you get taken into a holding cell by like the first order. And I was like, this is sick. So since you live in L.A., you're, you know, obviously you're a California resident. I know that Disneyland is only allowing California locals to come to the park. So is that better? Like, do you see any difference? Like, are there shorter lines? I've never been before. So that was the first time. So I didn't know. I, I That's the lines were what they were. I don't know. Oh, my God. I can't. I don't know whether... I guess you're lucky, but also you went like during like the aftermath of the pandemic. So I don't know. I haven't been there for years, but yeah, I don't know. I I went with people who had went before though. Like my girlfriend went a few times and she said that it was like, it wasn't like that much different. Like you could still like bring your drinks around and stuff. It wasn't because I guess people couldn't for a while, like bring food or drinks out of the like eating areas, but you could do that and everything. So it was fine. Okay. Yeah. You used to wait over three hours for like a 10 minute ride. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, no. Nah, okay. Our waiting, I think the longest wait we have is like 45 minutes. Oh, my gosh. See, again, like, like that's what I'm saying, that you're, you're lucky. You didn't have to experience. And this was before, like, social media. Like, that's how long ago I went to Disneyland. So you basically mm-hmm. had to, like, stand in line and actually talk to your family members. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's the worst. I hate talking to my family members. <laughs> again, this is also off your Instagram. What is your favorite emo band? At the moment, honestly, probably all time low. Yeah, and they're like killing they're, it on the radio too. Yeah, I mean, just got hit. Work with somebody who produced like their my favorite song by them, so that was cool. What would be a dream tour you like to be on? Uh, a dream tour I'd like to be on. <laughs> it can not make sense and not be possible, but I can pick it. Sure. Yeah, this oh, is your me own and Nirvana. dream tour. Me and Nirvana, that'd be so sick. 
we can take turns breaking stuff on stage. See who can break the most stuff. <laughs> and what is your favorite donut? My fit glaze. I'm a bit. I'm a plain type of guy. Really? I like glaze. Yeah, I'm not big on sweets. So when there's like too much, it like grosses me out. So like, yeah, a nice glazed donut. One to two. Heat them up. Wake up. That's 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 the vibe right there for sure. So Krispy Kreme, plug in Krispy Kreme. If you're <laughs> vaccinated, you could show them your vaccine card and you get one free donut. And I thought, oh, I get to pick my donut. And no, it's only original glaze. So I was like, say, I'm going to go Krispy Kreme, bring my vaccine card. <laughs> what are your shower songs besides Adele and Taylor Swift? Dang it. You just took them all. Okay. <laughs> stay with me by Sam Smith. I actually know this because I was doing it. Ed Sheeran, perfect, beautiful song. Also, Ed Sheeran, thinking out loud, but I can never remember the verses. Also, Ed Sheeran, dive, great song. <laughs> How to Save Life by The Fray. It's oh, I love that song. Every time. Six Foot, Seven Foot by Lil Wayne, When I'm Mad. Right Above It by Drake featuring Wayne. Great song. And Hotline Bling by Drake. Do you find that singing in the shower actually makes you more creative when it comes to your own music? Or like, where do you find yourself to be more creative? Honestly, I kind of come up with songs all over the place. Singing, like I'll go from like singing a song then start just be like, oh, this melody sounds cool and then just kind of go with it. But yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm just most creative when I'm not like worried about anything else. So sometimes that's the shower. Sometimes that's the studio. If I, unless I feel like I have something like, it's hard for me to like, be creative when I know there's like something I really need to be doing at that time aside from that because my mind's kind of fixated on that but when I'm like honestly just when I'm bored bored I'm like breeds creativity I do hear that people tend to sing a lot better in the shower and I, I'm not sure as to why <laughs> so I to me I think like I could win the voice or American Idol just by my shower singing I've been thinking about this I was talking to my girlfriend about it so when you're in the shower it's a lot like being able to just like hear yourself through a mic at the same time. And so you can hear what your voice is doing more. And a lot of times when people sing in the shower, they're not singing to an instrumental or to along to a song. So there's no like real pitch reference to hit. So you could be flat on C and you don't know because there's nothing with it. So to you, you're just like, oh, it sounds great. But in reality, you could like for me, like, I'm like, oh, I'm probably flat throughout this whole thing, but there's nothing to compare it to. So it sounds great. Yeah, true. And I know that you've been singing for a really long time, even freestyle rapping as a kid. Mm. Now, did you have any vocal training besides that? Or were you just like a natural gifted singer? I'm a pretty mid singer, to be honest. I'm a really good vocal producer. And I think I have like just a tone that's like easy on the ear. You know, I couldn't afford vocal training. I'd, so I think the best way to do it was I would just record on a mic and then once you're like get so used to hearing yourself, it's a lot easier to hear what you need to change. Like, oh, I didn't like how I used my voice. Like right there, I need to open up more. Like down here, like I'm, it's too talky. It needs to be more full voice. It's all just kind of like trial and error. And you kind of get to a point where like, at least now, like I'm a lot better at like going in and knowing the way I want to sing something before I have to do it. Yeah. So you basically become your own self-critic when you're listening yeah. back. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Now, I know also when you were younger, I mean, you're still young, but <laughs> you also did sports. Now, I'm curious as you know, you being an athlete, is there something similar um, when you do preparations or routine that you kind of carry on as now being a vocalist? It helped me le more as a writer than it did a vocalist, because in, in sports, you practice all week for one game. 
in football, you know. I was a quarterback, so I had to know all the plays. I had to know everything we were doing, and I, you know, I had to know the defense, how it was going to be set up. So it was all like, it was so much preparation for a two and a half, three hour game. So it was 10 hours of work for a three hour game. You know, some, a lot of times more, we'd have three, four hour practices for four days up until the, the game. So, yeah, I mean, it was more like, I guess, 12 hours of practice for a three hour game. That's honestly kind of how making a song is, you know, you spend seven to 10 hours, a lot of times on a song in one sitting and it's a two and a half minute song. And that's like, that's kind of where you have to really grind. And so I think it really just taught me like just to enjoy the grind. Cause I will say I loved sports. It'll always be a love of mine, but I like also hated it. That was, I think what drew me to music so much too, is it was like, oh, I enjoy this grind. Like my favorite part about making a song is writing a song and then hearing it when it's done. And I'm like, ah, sick. Go back to when it started, like the verse demo of it. And I'm like, oh, they sound so different. It sounds so much better now. Yeah. I interviewed a band. They're called Sports. They're from Oklahoma. The joke about it is that like their parents want them to like work in like sports but obviously they fell in love with music so like we're just gonna name our band sports and just say that we're making money off of sports <laughs> it was smart it's hilarious so i know that you had your first time ever performance um at the roxy for prom in hell and you performed alongside with nessa and Jaden. now that's a live stream event so when mm -hmm. it comes to doing an in-person live show like what can we expect? You know, are you going to feel a little bit nervous or, you know, performing that live stream kind of gave you enough practice kind of going back to that to where now you feel comfortable actually doing an audience show? Oh, I'm completely confident. I will be nervous before every single show I ever do. That's just who I am. But that's, I wouldn't do it if I wasn't. That just sounds boring to me. Like I love like the pressure. I get off on it. That was why I played basketball and baseball and football is it was because like that 20 minutes right before everything starts where you're like pretty sure you can't do it and it's not going to work out and everything's going to go to hell and it's just not, you're not going to be able to succeed at whatever you're trying to do. And then you got there and then about five minutes in you realize, oh, it's actually like not that bad. This is fun. That's what I love about everything is you have to remind yourself every time you do it, it has to happen again every time. I was definitely nervous throughout like, the whole time of doing that. Again, that's like when stuff gets fun is when you're like nervous to do it. Even for me, like when I do Zoom calls like this, I always get nervous. Like I always think the worst of the worst is going to happen. And then once like it starts flowing, I was like, OK, hey, I got the groove of this. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, especially Zooms are so awkward. The like delay between like everything happening is just like it makes like conversational timing so weird. Right. Yeah. Good thing we're not like sharing a mic. So your song Dial Tone, there's a lyric that says the alcohol tastes worse when I'm alone. So yeah. what else do you hate doing by yourself? But then what else do you love doing by yourself? OK, so it's weird. I have a love hate relationship with watching movies alone. Sometimes I don't want anyone near me. But like most of the time, I like wish I was watching it with somebody because I just like to like make fun of movies. Like even a great movie. I love it, but I love just to make fun of it. Because there's so much like ridiculous stuff happens in movies. Where'd they even get this? Who does that? I used to love making music alone and I don't. I like doing it with people. It's like a lot more fun that way, I feel like. It's a lot easier to have a filter there and be like, oh, is this actually a good idea? Or am I just like tripping right now? Because it happens a lot. Someone's like, no, it's really dope. Then you're like, okay, cool. You move on. That part's done. What could have been a 20 minute conversation in your head was a two second. Is this good? Yes or no? Your song, Don't Fall, the lyrics, as well as Break Your Heart, because... Oh my gosh. Wow. I kind of pick up like 
your personality <laughs> based on those lyrics. So I'm curious as to what were the fans responses or their initial reactions because i feel like it might go both ways where they're like i really love this music but damn i gotta like stay clear from him or was it like oh let me heal his heart because he hasn't experienced true love yet or something like that um it was definitely more of the latter but i was just like nope i'm good for me though too a lot of this isn't like i know it says it because I, I like things to be very straightforward and to the point in my music but like especially like with break your heart like when i made that like i was like not like doing great at all self-esteem wise i was just not in a good mood like i couldn't really find somebody i really like enjoyed being around that much and it wasn't really more of me saying like i'm going to do these things it was more like does it seem like i'm going to do these things does it seem like i'm gonna cheat on you does it seem like i'm gonna dip out in the middle of the night because apparently because nothing's working out so it must be me like i must just be here to break your heart and so that's kind of where that came from and then don't fall was kind of from a similar spot but i think a little more mature in the sense that it was like i was a couple years older when i made break your heart i'd never been out to la or really been out of like my small circle of people so then it was this whole huge world opening up in these you know 10 years of life experiences in two years and it felt a lot more like you know maybe i was right in the first song maybe you shouldn't like do this also like a selfish thing it's saying like it's not like i don't want you to fall for me because i'll break your heart it's i don't want you to fall for me because i'll break your heart and then i'll feel bad about it and so it's it's selfish but it was true it kind of reminds me of that happier song by marshmallow and bastille where it's just like it's not going to work out because i know you're going to be miserable with, with me but i want you to be happier yeah you mentioned in a prior interview that a song should have a narrative. It should have a beginning, middle, and end. Now, when you write your songs and let's say a verse or a thought pops up, do you write it in that actual order or you kind of work around it from that angle? For me, when I write songs, I like there to be like a kind of like a narrative. I grew up writing stories and like small, trying to write books or whatever. I wanted to be an author when I was little at times. So that was like my favorite thing to do. Yeah, no, it depends. Sometimes I'll come up with the line and I'm like, ooh, that's the beginning of the second verse. I can just kind of like feel it out. And a lot of times I won't like construct the story piece by piece in my head. I'll just write what I feel. And then when I look at it, I'm like, oh, this like all makes sense together. It's like a story. <laughs> and it kind of just like happens how it happens. So that's funny because when I was younger, I wanted to be a novelist too. So yeah. what were some of your favorite books growing up and reading? Oh, the and me series by Dan Gutman. I was a huge baseball kid. So like, I loved like the Jackie and me, uh, harness and me, like satchel and me just like, Oh, they were so sick. This kid would like use baseball cards to go back in time and hang out with baseball players. And it was like, so dope. I don't know a kid my age who didn't love the diary of Wimpy kid books, the red pyramid. I loved that one. Okay. So I don't mean to be a downer. This is going to sound really dark. And if you don't feel comfortable answering this, that's totally fine. But I want to go back to your song, Dial Tone, and you sing, my mom is freaking out because she thinks I'm going to die soon. And then I know your song, Grey, which is about losing fake friends, it says, I'd rather die myself. And then your EP is titled, Die Sometime, It's Good For You. Uh, there's a lot of like themes regarding like death and dying. Now, do you think that's therapeutic for your songwriting or do you think that could also be a detriment to your mental health? 
I think it's definitely therapeutic for me. Music's always been therapy for me. Like when I would have problems, I would just make a song and I'd feel better. So that's kind of always where that came from. Like, but I mean, yeah, I mean, mental health has been the thing I struggled with from the time I was a, a kid up until now, you know, I still do. If I'm having a day where I do just want to die, like I'm not about to like go in there and write a song about, oh, I'm so happy. Mm, sick happiness no like not at all if i'm feeling like horrible one day i'm gonna write about how bad i feel i mean yeah like in dial tone like the, i just moved away from home i was in nashville you know i was kind of on my own not doing great mentally my mom was scared for me and i was like you know that's what was going on at the time a lot of times i feel like a society when people have these thoughts we always tell them like you shouldn't think about that don't think about those bad things. Don't think about that. Don't think about wanting to die. Don't think about this like stressful situation that makes you not want to be here anymore. Like you need to look positive on everything. And for me, it was kind of just like being negative is good for me. It can be good for it. I like the idea of being a positive person. That's a completely unrealistic outlook on life. And the fact that I feel like that's pressed on so many people is actually detrimental to people's health. I do feel like there's a time to accept the negativity and really deal with those emotions. And so for me, die some time, it's good for you was about me accepting the negativity of my life and what was going on at the time and just saying, you know what, it's good for me. I've been told like I'm a negative person and you know what, it doesn't come off like this in the interview right now, but I have doubts. I have insecurities and, you know, self-conflicts yeah. of my own, but I tell people like, I just know the realistic matter that's going to happen. Is there any hope for me to think positive? And then like not too long ago, like I was talking to my mom and I'm like, and I kind of started getting teary eyed. I'm like, you know, if I die, like I want to be cremated. Like I started talking about the future, like my funeral plans, like it's going to happen. Cremate me. I was like, don't even bother like getting a headstone. I know no one's going to come to my funeral. <laughs> I was just like, oh you know, like just right. I was just like opening up and then just like waterworks were happening. But I was just like, I'm being honest. I know what's going to really happen. I could already see it. I kind of want to conclude on this note, but you did say on your Instagram that everyone dies, have fun. When we all grow old and die, what do you want to be remembered by? Wow. Okay. It's deep. Guess just that I was honest. If somebody's known for being a liar when they die, then their whole like legacy or anything, anybody knew about them is up in the air, you know? So as long as I'm honest, everything that was written down about me, they know is true. Everything I said was true. And for the most part, I don't lie. I fib at times. Yeah. And your music is very like honest. It's authentic. It's true to yourself. Now I've spoken to other artists as well, who they're also very uh, real to their songwriting, but they also challenge themselves as to write as another person, a different perspective. Would you consider that doing that in the future? Or you just want to stick to like writing about your own personal experiences? I don't know. I guess that has to be something I have to cross that bridge when I come to it. But at the moment, my music is like, it's pretty introspective. I think I'd have to like deal with this before I do that. So I want to end with a game. This game is quotes and it's basically quotes off your musical heroes. You're going to tell me who said this quote. Okay. And I have, it's multiple okay. choice and it's also true and false. Okay. okay. So this is the first quote. All I can do is be me, whoever that is. Is that Lil Wayne, Bob Dylan, Carrie Underwood, or Drake? Why does it sound like every one of them except probably? Oh my. All right. I'm going to guess. I want to say it's either Bob Dylan or Wayne, but I'm going to be stupid and it's going to be Drake. But just tell, I'm not going to get it. So just tell me the answer. You actually got it right. It was Bob Dylan. 
Oh, okay, sick. Okay. I'll take it. Here's the next one. I'd rather be hated for who I am than love for who I'm not. Is that Drake, Kurt Cobain, or Carrie Underwood? I'm pretty sure that's Drake, but it might be Kurt. <laughs> like, I like how you're giving me two answers. You're like, ah. I know. Well, I'm the first one's my answer, but I'm just saying it. I can see it being the second one. It is Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Okay. Well, it almost seems like two on the nose for his personality. That's weird. <laughs> All right. Is this quote from Drake or is it from Little Wayne? I was born to make mistakes, not to fake perfection. <sighs> Probably Little Wayne. It is actually Drake. Dang it, man. It just sounded like Drake copied everything Wayne did. No, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I have. So thank you so much for your time, Brayton. And I'm looking forward to whatever's new that's coming out. And I'll be on the lookout on your socials because, you know, that's where I take a peek. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed that insightful interview with Brayton Matthews, a.k.a. 44 Phantom, on your KCSS Jam On It podcast with your host, Chanel. Definitely check out his music. It is really great. It was a total earworm. It really caught my ears, my attention, and which is why I wanted to feature him on my show. And I will be back soon. I'm actually going to be taking a short break, a vacation, a well-deserved vacation on my end. And so when I do come back with a new guest, whoever that may be, another musical artist or someone part of the woman in media, I will definitely share you my adventure trip. So until then, take it easy. Hasta la vista.